is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. Does not wisdom cry, and in understanding put forth her voice? Hello, my name's Charlie. You may know me as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I'm here to talk with you today about Jesus Christ, our High Priest. This is a bit of a big topic, and a very important one. If you've been listening to us from the beginning, you would know that we are now talking about Jesus in the via negativa, in the negative way, in the way of silence. If you're not familiar with those terms, go over to wisdomscry.com and you'll see an introduction to creation spirituality. Click that, you'll see an episode on the way of silence. That will get you up to speed in a little primer there of what we're talking about today. Jesus Christ, our heavenly high priest. Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ, who heals us and maintains us. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, true God, light from light, who allowed himself to become a man, walk amongst us and suffer death on a cross for our behalf. This is a bit of a heavy topic, and there are some that don't like talking about it because it is such a, hef- a heavy topic, but I think it's one that we have to talk about because it is the heart of the matter. It's what, it's what this whole thing is all about. Anytime that we talk about Jesus, anytime we talk about the Holy Spirit, anytime we talk about salvation, this is what we're talking about. So let's begin in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature that is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and laid open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Having then a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold tightly to our confession, for we don't have a high priest who can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but one that has been in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with boldness to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace for timely help. Now the first thing, that I think really needs to be pointed out in this passage is so many people get wrong from the beginning 
is they point to this phrase, word of God, and then they point to a book. As we discussed in our episode on the Via Positiva, which is also in that intro to creation spirituality, in the way of bliss, we learned that the Dabar, the divine word of God, the Logos, is one, synonymous with Jesus, and two, it is the power of the spoken word, it is the said word, it is the enacted word. The word of God is living and active. We're not talking about a book. And this is very important because if you look, he then says, the, the writer of this letter to the Hebrews then says, he, <laughs> he's not talking about a book. And this is so important for us. This is why you hear me read these texts to you. That is making them alive. That is bringing them to life. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is the power of discernment. That is one of the great powers that comes with the Logos, which, by the way, also means logic. It's where we get our English word logic from. It's from the word Logos, which is the word used in John for the word. When referring to Jesus, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. And one of these days we're going to do an episode about soul and spirit and really dig into that deeply, but that that's a major thing, you know, to be able to cut between the Nashima and the Ruach, the soul and the spirit between the joints and the marrow. In other words, it is so sharp, it can slide right between everything. It can see, it can cut through. It is the great sword of discernment. When we speak honestly and we speak empowered and act empowered by the living word, the Dabar of God, the divine word of God, it cuts right to the heart of the matter through thoughts and intents. And that's important, because what you think and what you intend are sometimes even different. And here we find Jesus, who has gone through the cross. And not only through the cross, but into the heavens. Here we find a Jesus, who has stood in between, nailed in between the two polar opposites of all things. There he hung between life and death, faith and doubt, isolation and family and friends. It is on the cross that he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's on the cross where he says, woman, behold your son, speaking to our blessed mother Mary. It is on the cross that he stands pointing at God, pointing to another way. Here is God being crucified for blasphemy. Here is God being crucified for saying that he is in control of the world and that his king, he is king of his kingdom. Remember, they nailed over his head a plaque which stated his crime that said, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. This is the crime he was beaten for, that he was scourged for, that he wore a crown of thorns for. And don't let anyone lie to you about this. This is so important. Jesus died 
for you, for me, for all of us, because the world had lost its way. That's what sin means. When anybody talks to you about sin, they will talk to you about specific actions that they have a personal aversion to. And yes, actions can be sin. Paul gives us a very handy way, very handy rubric of understanding what sin is. Paul says, anything that you do, not in faith, is sin. That's powerful. Think about that for a moment. And really think about it hard. Because what Paul is saying there is so powerful. In Romans chapter 14, he's talking about whether or not it's sin to eat food offered to an idol. And he says, no, there's nothing in the idol or in the blessing that was put upon the food that can hurt you. This is a lesson people need to take today when they're all worried about gay cakes and whatnot. But, you know, this is something that's very important here, right? There's nothing that in there can bother you. It doesn't taint you to eat that. But then in verse 24, he says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because it isn't of faith and whatever is not of faith is sin. Now think about that for a moment. Any action that is not done in faith. We've already talked about faith just a little bit. Faith is that power that comes within us that helps us to understand, to trust that trust that we have that what we are doing is right. That trust that we have that what we are doing is compassionate and is justice. That trust that we have in God. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Anytime you do anything that is against your own conscience. Any, and we all do that. It would be a wonderful world if we didn't. But we do. And so here comes Jesus, who knows that we don't always act justly. We don't always act the right way. We often do things that we don't even believe we should be doing. And here he is on the cross, in that very place between fear and faith. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And those are the words that you and I should say as well. Into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. Into your hands. Because we do not have a high priest who can't understand what we're going through. We don't. Jesus understands. Jesus has been through it. And through so much more. And this is the power of Christ. To lead us back to the right way. And the most important thing here is the end of this where it says, So let us therefore draw near with boldness to the throne of grace, that we may have mercy and find grace in for timely help. This is the, the entry to the power of prayer. Jesus understands our pains. Jesus understands. He will listen, and he will give us grace. Grace is not always taking the pain away. Grace is not always making everything all better. But he will give us the grace sufficient to the task. It's very important for us to understand. Very important. 
Jesus is the Word of God. And this is, the Word of God is something that has been important for a very long time. In the Targum of Jonathan to Deuteronomy 4.7, it reads, The Word of the Lord sits upon his throne, high and lifted up, and hears our prayers. What time we pray before him and make our petitions. Now just think about that for a minute. I'm reading to you from a Jewish source, and they are seeing the power of the word of God. The word of the Lord sits upon his throne high and lifted up, and he hears our prayers. He does. Later on in the Targum of Jonathan, in Numbers 24, 16, he says, And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, May the word of the Lord, who rules over the souls of men, and by whom has been given the inspiration of the Spirit of all flesh, appoint a faithful man over the congregation. The power of God is in the word of the Lord, in the word of God, in this very word. And it is in this power that we are made whole. It is in this power that we are made a people and that we are reconciled to ourselves. We are reconciled to the very cosmos itself. That is the power of the cross. And don't let anybody lie to you. The cross is not a divine slot machine. The cross is not something you just pray the cross over it and it'll magically happen. The cross is the source and font of all grace. It is the pivot point of the universe. It is the moment when all things turned. It is the moment that for us, we look at the broken body of our Savior and compassion arises within us. And that compassion, that love, is the gift of God leading to faith. And faith is trust that this broken man, this man beaten and bloodied and stripped almost naked and crowned with thorns, this man... Jesus is the one true and living Christ. He died. He was buried. On the third day rose again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He stands before the altar of God in heaven, having made sacrifice for everything. Everything. And when we suffer, we unite our suffering to his on the cross, as Paul teaches us in Colossians. And we become part of that suffering. We become part of that cross. When you see Jesus on the cross, that is you with him. 
We all, in our aches and pains, in our suffering, in our sorrow, in our anguish, are united in faith to that dying man. But that dying man was not just a man. He was fully God. He was fully man. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. It is our power unto salvation. All of our pains were nailed to that cross with him. All of them. All of them. Our pain in our bodies is a sacrament unto the Lord. It is a gift that gives grace to the world. It is hard to see that sometimes. Trust me, I know. But in learning to be strong, in learning to endure, in learning to have patience, we teach the world so much. We bring mercy we bring compassion. We bring the very power of God into the world that the world may be healed and reconciled to the one who gave it. The one who came. The one who walked among us. That is the power of the cross. That is the power of God. In this moment, in this, in this broken moment, as compassion is born in us, we become part of something so much greater than we could have ever been. As St. Peter says, but you, meaning you and me, you and me, us, we are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's in First Peter 2, 9 and 10. In this moment, through this great compassion that we have for the dying Savior, knowing in full faith that he has risen again, we are united as one people, one body in him, one people. He is the head. We are the body. We become one. And that is the great mystery of the universe that we are called to live in service to. We are one. We are one. It is a beautiful, beautiful mystery. It is a powerful mystery. And it's one that you just have to ask to be a part of. Because when you look at that cross, and you really look at it, 
This is an innocent man being tortured and killed. A man who did not have to die. By his own saying, he did not have to die. And when you really look at it, he didn't. He engineered and orchestrated his death. So that the lie of the law could be revealed. So that the lie of the world could be revealed. He orchestrated everything so that we could see his great love for us. Because he knew if he did not turn himself in, if he was not handed over to the Romans, the Romans would do to his followers what they had done to the followers of every other claimant to the Messiah. They would hunt them down and they would kill them. When he was just a child, he saw the smoke rise from Sepphoris, not far from his home in Nazareth. Another man who claimed to be the Messiah was in there, and he and all of his disciples and every one that did not escape from that town was slaughtered, and the town was burned, and no one was left. Nothing was left. And he saw this when he was a child. He knew what would happen. He could hear the whispers. He could hear the murmuring. And so he gave himself. His great mercy is for us. O Holy Lord, open the gates of grace for all of us, that we may be welcomed into your heart and into your kingdom. May we all find a home in Zion, O great and wondrous Lord Jesus. That's it for us today. I hope that you have opened your heart to the Lord. If you have, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on Twitter. My name is Wisdom Cries Out on there. You can go to Wisdom's Cry and find this and any of our other podcasts and other resources there to help you out. The Lord is faithful, and he is there for you. I promise. I have felt it in my own life. If we've helped you, please help us out. Just spread the word. Let other people know. If you know anyone that this needs to hear this message, share it with them. That's all we ask. Help us spread the word. Until next time, we meet. Sorry, I got a little emotional here. Next time, we will be talking about the Sacred Heart. Jesus in the Via Creativa. I thank you so much, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless.